welcome to Living Life Purple Podcast, your safe space for interactive healing techniques that you can apply today. My intention is that you use this podcast as an opportunity for self-love and self-healing to help you move into a more powerful vibration as you listen so that you can have a joy-filled life and a wonderful day. Enjoy. All right, everyone. Jordan Murphy back here with Lisa Lopez, and we are continuing our, this is our fifth episode, a little on the road with Lisa Lopez traveling across the country. Uh, This has been a pretty great four episodes. We're on the fifth one right now. It has been action-packed. Obviously, if you've been following the entire episode, if you haven't, you should go back and start from the very beginning. Uh, last, the last episode, Lisa, was like a great episode of a Netflix series. <laughs> I, like... I literally, you have no idea. I hardly watched any television like the whole time I was uh, traveling. You were I'm living like, my, it. You were living your like, own series. Yeah. My life is like a movie right now. Was living, like, I mean, just, I mean, just, just that, re- that recap of last episode was pretty much you with your brand new motorhome in called mm-hmm. the stallion and how you survived your first day with this RV traveling from what was it was it from Pennsylvania to New York was that correct or yeah yeah from mm-hmm. Pennsylvania to New York and it was like a I don't know, it was like a 10-hour trip that should have taken, no, it was like an eight-hour trip that should have taken four hours, and there were bridges, and there were angels that showed, <laughs> I mean, I'm. Yeah. I, I love it. I got like, I got like, an, I got angels on a Harley, and I got yes. angels from a taxi, a New York taxi driver. Right, like, people it pulling was off on so the side cool. of the road and flagging you down, and then an angel on the phone. I mean, it was some really, really good stuff. And I kept on thinking, oh God, please don't let me have a technical issue right now because you were, you were in the flow. It was moving. I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't want it to end. So, uh, good news is that you, 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 you know, well, I don't want to give it away. If you haven't listened to this, the fourth episode of this, I don't want to even give it away. Spoiler. Um, anyway, what we're going to do now though, is we're going to move on from you're all the way back East in upstate New York. And you are going to now make it your way home to Los Angeles. Is that correct? Well, yes and no. I'm okay. going, uh, my friend, uh, Jen, who I was staying with in New York, she had connected me with somebody in North Carolina. Okay. It was like, I really. So it was a little detour, a to detour to North Carolina. Yeah. Okay. She introduced me to a friend of hers and was like, I really think you should go visit him. And he has a podcast about the law of attraction. And I listened to his podcast one time. She connected us on. uh, Can you tell us the name of the podcast? Yeah, it's called Joshua Live. Okay. Yeah, it's a really great podcast. And I listened to one episode and I was like, oh, I love this guy. I'm going to I have to go meet him. And so I didn't know him. He just said, we'll be here. Come on down. Him and his girlfriend. And he said, you know, they have a big, beautiful, big purple house. And it was in Newton, North Carolina. And that was one of the places I really wanted to see. It was funny. It was the last destination I went to, which was North Carolina. But it was the it was on my top wish list. I Mm. just it, it you know, it just was like save the best for last. So I was like, okay, great. So I was going from 
uh, New York to North Carolina. I didn't know how long I was going to stay there. I just said, okay, I'll come, I'll come on over. And then that was my, that took me two and a half days uh, to get from New York to North Carolina. And then from North Carolina, I went from there back to um, California. So was so that for your two, your two, your two day trip from New York to North Carolina was relatively problem free. It was relatively problem free, but I was, I guess anything compared uh, to your first day is relatively problem free, <laughs> but yeah. yeah. Have any major issues. I just was on a high, like I wasn't comfortable. I was nervous. Right. And it was the first time I was leaving. Like I said, bye to my friend, Jen. I said, bye to my boyfriend. And it was like the first time I was like, okay, it is me by myself with my dog, my RV and I'm towing and I'm leaving anybody close to me. Right. You know, like there was, there was no one around that was going to be there. It was no like, safety net. Okay. No safety net. Yeah. Yeah. Like there was no safety net anymore. And it was challenging. I remember like my mindset was not relaxed and I only had one issue, um, which was I, by this time I downloaded the app that right. I got to put in the criteria of exactly what I have so that I could be guided to be on the roads that I was allowed to be on, yeah. not go over a bridge I couldn't go to it, you know, so it was like, I had my technology set, right. which was helpful. Yeah. I only had one little glitch, which I did end up scratching uh, my yeah. RV with uh, like this kind of a wall, I guess. Um, <laughs> kind of a wall. It was kind of a large cement, like flat object. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it was, it was a wall. Okay, it was a wall. I scratched the side of the RV with the wall, but I had to because um, this was the first night I was going to stay in the RV alone and I was going to stay at a Cracker Barrel restaurant. So, like, for those of you who don't know, um, Walmart and Cracker Barrel and a few other places allow travelers to park in their parking lot overnight. Huh. Huh. And, you know, you just show up and Cracker Barrel is actually really cool. They have designated RV parking. Hmm. So it, it actually has an arrow and it's like RVs. Yeah, it's a and big so, spot. It's a big spot designated for a large vessel. Yeah. Yeah. And then you see other people doing it. So like this was my first night. And by the time I got there, it was kind of dark. And my navigation was telling me to go a certain way. I was almost there. It was like a long day. I was almost there. And my navigation was telling me to go this certain way. And again, like that trust being connected, being super present, uh, radar came on and I stopped because I'm like, this doesn't feel right. I don't see the restaurant. I, I see there's a sign that's close by. I'm going to just wait a second. And just to remind everybody, I cannot reverse. So which was the major pain point for me the mm -hmm. whole trip. And so I stopped the RV, I got out of the car, and I walked uh, over to where it was telling me to go. And it was so cool because if I hadn't walked and if I would have went like another foot, I would have had to disassemble and it oh would have been God. a big problem. 
because it was telling me to go around the back of a building in order to get there. But that back of the building was closed off and my GPS didn't know that. Right. And it was one way. It was narrow. I just like if I would have went even a foot further, I wouldn't have been able to turn around. And so when I got back in my car, I was like, okay, I have to get out of here. And so that's when I, I did scratch the side of it because I had to try to make the sharpest U-turn I could make to get out of where I was at. Right. And unfortunately, I had to scratch the wall, the back end a little bit. And right. it's kind of funny because I heard it. I was like, you know, and <laughs> right. who I was I know I was scratching my brand new RV, but I have to say now that I look at it and I see the scratch on there, I don't want to get rid of the scratch. It's like a battle scar. Because, yeah, it feels like that's, I mean, I kind of think of all my scars that way. I have the scar from the cat bite on my hand and I'm like, <laughs> that's so, it's so cool. I love my holes. I have like six holes in my hand, you know, like they're like little dots and they remind me of the that's event so and what I did. And so the, the scratch on the RV, it, to me, it's like, you know, that was a really good lesson. It mm -hmm. was like, stay present, listen to your, you know, inner radar and like stop and pause for a second, you yeah, know, and yeah. it was just enough to where I could get out, did a little bit of damage to the exterior, but it wasn't bad. Right. And I was, now that reminds me of the lesson because each yeah. time there's all these great lessons and so yeah lots. i ended up saying that yeah i got out of it i'm like okay it's a scratch uh my rv has a scar it's all good i was it's not going to stay perfect forever it's okay you know <laughs> right and so yeah i ended up making it out of that parking lot went to the right parking lot and then made it to where i could set up for the night and that's when I did like my first night alone in my RV, which was interesting in like a Cracker Barrel parking lot. Yeah. Yeah. So when you're, so you're, <clears throat> you're driving across country and you're solo, are you listening to podcasts, books on tape, music? What is your, what is your entertainment as hours and hours and hours go on? Yeah, that's a good question. I usually like to listen to music. I'm, I, I don't actually listen to a lot of podcasts. Um, because this whole experience to me was getting reflective and connected to myself. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people were telling me, why aren't you sharing this? Why aren't you sharing this? Why aren't you sharing this? And I'm like, because I will share about my experience, but I have to just be in it. Right. You know, you need to have and the experience first. Yeah. I felt like I needed to fully absorb the experience right, before right. I could share. And I knew that once I was done or once I was ready, I was going to share. I knew it. I'm like, I definitely want to share my experience, but sure. I also want to live it. And so when I noticed that when I drive, whether it's on a motorcycle, my RV or a car, and it's, it's definitely part of my daily habit now, but, um, I think a lot and I receive information and I receive wisdom and I receive insight and I get very clear on my purpose. Mm. And so the road trip for me was diving into my purpose so that I could fully live it out in the world. Mm -hmm. And so when I drive, 
it allows me to get really connected to myself, to my purpose, to God, to inner wisdom, and to get clear, like it's my time to think. And I love that time because I need to process what am I learning? What am I getting? Uh, what am I wanting to share out in the world with people? What did I just learn? What am I grateful for? And so I use that time to drive when I'm driving. I use that time for, to me, it's meditative, it's prayer, it's connecting, and it's very much creating because I'm like, what is it that I'm called to do and how am I going to share this with other people? Because I, I love people and I just kind of want to be a vessel uh, of openness and to shit. And so I use the time to answer your question uh, to create, to listen. Yeah. No, I mean, Mm -hmm. I I think, I think obviously a podcast could distract from that. So you're in a Cracker Barrel first night. What city is this again? I don't even remember. I think (laughs) I might have gotten, I think I might like Virginia or West Virginia. So I'm wondering, you're, you're traveling. This is your first time really solo. You're stopping off. How many nights, I guess what I'm getting at, first of all, a couple of questions. How many nights did you stop and spend in your motorhome on the way home, first of all? And second of all, I'm super curious about the whole cultural, uh, the whole world of that nomad land type. Did you mm-hmm. see that movie? Did you hear about that movie? Yes. Okay. With the van? Yeah. Well, yeah, with, the, with, the, with all the people who basically are nomads. They kind of like cruise around in RVs around the country, and that's kind of how they live. And it's a very interesting culture in and of itself. And I just wondered if you... Just like you kind of found yourself in the that kind of biker space, did you find yourself in that space when you stopped off and spent the night in locations where you were meeting people who this is kind of how they lived? Yeah, not so much. Um, I mean, the, I, I spent the night at three Cracker Barrels, um, three different ones, when I went from New York to uh, uh, North Carolina. So okay. it was three nights it took me two. yeah took me like two and a half days so it was was it I don't know it was either two or three nights and then then I ended up staying in North Carolina for a few weeks because they were so delightful and I loved the people and the energy and all the treats that I got to experience with Mm -hmm. these friends that I met in North Carolina and um, again, that's another like trust conversation because people were like, do you know them? Like, I'm like, no, but my friend, you know, my friend Jen introduced us and I have a good feeling about it and I'm going, right. you know, right. when I went, it was just like joy and trust meets joy and trust. So it like didn't matter if I had this long history and resume of who they right. were. Sure. They just were lovely people. And I'm like, great. I love being around lovely people. I'm going to enjoy this for a few weeks, Mm -hmm. you know? And so then I got to reset myself in North Carolina, have some fun time friendships. I got to explore. It was great. And then I got to reflect on my two and a half day trip that it took me to get there to see like what worked, what didn't work. What do I need to work on before I do my long spurt home, which was a week. So from North Carolina to California, it was going to take me a week because everything takes longer in an RV Uh and can't go that fast. Like 
going fast was like 70 miles an hour, you know, and most of the time I had to go 65 miles an hour. Right. And um, then I have to stop and get gas more often. And just the the amount of, because of the toe and because I dealt with a variety of uh, climate changes, it just takes longer. So when you're in a car, it takes, it's faster than when you're in an RV sure. and when you're a So I knew I had to like prepare myself mentally energetically emotionally for like that long spurt home because the two and a half day kind of kicked my butt how long were the stretches how long of a stretch would you take um for a drive how how many hours would you drive at a time well i mean i ended up driving all day once i once i left so like eight hours like an eight hour drive or longer i mean it it kind of got to be like 10 hours. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And at first I didn't really want to drive in the dark. And this is funny. This is where it's just so cool when you get to disappear your like, you know, restrictions that you have. Cause at first I was like, I don't want to drive in the dark because I don't see that well and it's harder Sure. and I'm trying to make it easier. Yeah. And so, but then I didn't realize that the sun was going to set so early in areas. And I'm like, I have to keep driving because I can't lose, you know, four or five good hour hours of the day just because it's dark. It's sunset now, you know? And so that felt like a complete waste of time. So I ended up having to recreate my conversation in my head to say, well, my whole mantra was yes. Yes, I can. Yes. Yes, I can. And my biggest fear was what if what my biggest fear was, what if I get stuck again and I have to disassemble the toe by myself? Right. Um, Because the straps kept getting stuck and it was really, really difficult to get the straps around the tire and there was just like a lot of what ifs, like, what if I get stuck? What if I make a wrong turn? What if I have to disassemble? What if, mm-hmm. um, I, I don't know, I guess. So how did you compete biggest... with that? How did you compete with that onslaught? I mean, onslaught may be a strong word. I don't know how much you were bumping up against those conversations, but I mean, this to me is kind of a, it's a lesson for anybody, right? Cause we're constantly dealing with the monkey mind that's bombarding us with the what ifs, right? The shouldas, the what is, the couldas, the sh- what if, and the blah, blah, blah. How do you, how do you deal with that on your trip? Well, I did two things. And one was my yes mantra, which was, yes, I can handle anything. It was yeah. like, I can handle whatever happens. I will deal with it. Whatever happens, I can, I can handle it. Mm -hmm. I didn't, I needed to get more powerful with the concern. And so I was like, well, okay, what if this happens? What if that happens? It's okay. I will work it out. Mm -hmm. I will figure it out. I can handle it and it will be okay. Whatever it is, you know, will it slow me down? Maybe. But were you in a hurry to get somewhere? Kind of because I had a trip booked. My mom wanted to visit me in Arizona and she flew there. So I did did have have a schedule. You did have a schedule. I did have a schedule, which like 
took longer. Everything took longer. So I ended up having to drive way more hours a day than I thought I was going to. Everything took longer. Of course. How did you, how did you deal with, I mean, I've not ever driven the kind of marathon distances that you have. (laughs) And I've got a friend of mine who's done the same thing. It's like, he kind of gets off on it. I feel like, and I, the longest I've driven is basically uh, just, you know, like Los Angeles to San Francisco, right? Or Los Angeles to Lake Tahoe, which is not an extreme distance. But for somebody who doesn't drive a long distance, it's, you know, anywhere from six to eight hours is is a long time to be in a car. And so what I'm wondering is, like, for example, on the five, it can be very lulling. I'm not sure what the best word for it is, but you're literally on this straight road for hours and it's just a line in the middle of the road and nothing on either side and it's very calming <laughs> and you you can yeah. I, it's very easy to kind of get into this why do I feel tired even though I'm doing nothing I, you know I'm not sure if you kind of bumped into that at all in those longer trips where you were just listening to music there wasn't really anything going on and you felt yourself kind of being lulled to sleep. I, I don't know. I'm just telling from my own experience. Did you run into that at all? Well, I definitely didn't feel the potential of sleep because my RV is so loud and bumpy. <laughs> right. um, it was. Like, it kept you it awake. Was, it kept me awake. And it was also like a very strong vibration. Right. You know, so okay. I was more like trying to counter the continuous hours and hours of this strong, loud vibration, you know? So I didn't really have the opportunity. to. You were not soothed. You weren't soothed. No, 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 it wasn't soothing at all. It definitely wasn't. (laughs) And I was more, I mean, this whole thing was very mental, you know, this, that, this was like the opportunity to go, as much into my mental strength as possible. I mean, it was tiring physically as well. All I was doing was driving and sleeping, driving and sleeping. And I chose to, I didn't, from the long stretch home, I decided to, well, one thing stopped working in my RV. My battery wasn't recharging. And I ended up having a, a delay. I took it to a mechanic in Tennessee And I'm like, the battery isn't recharging. So the only way that inside, once I turned off the engine, the battery in the RV wasn't turning on. So Mm -hmm. I took it to a mechanic in Tennessee and I ended up losing half a day, if not more, because they were trying to problem solve it. They ended up ironically making it worse. And so I was like, okay, let's just, we're going to not deal with why it's not recharging but what that ended up meaning is that i couldn't well i yeah i i potentially needed a new battery even though the battery itself was fine it wasn't connecting to other areas of the right. rv right, really right. Couldn't it. so i was like okay let's just call it i'm gonna i have to keep moving forward that was the other mantra was i have to keep moving forward so what that meant was i couldn't stay at cracker barrels because when I turned the engine off, I had no lights. I had no um, power source. So that meant I had to stay at an RV because I had to plug in my electricity with the right. cable. Right. 
And so I was like, okay, this was day one. I realized my battery was, there was a problem. Oh man. And yeah. And so what that looked like is I had to drive. And then once it started getting like, you know, seven o'clock at night, I had to look for a close RV park and call and book for the night. Were you, were you scheduling out this kind of journey? Like saying, okay, if I make it five hours, there's an RV location here. If I make it seven hours, there's an RV location here. Or were you literally having to do it on the fly? I was having to do it on the fly because I couldn't get the timing accurately. Right, right, right. Sometimes it was like, oh, if I, I think I can make it here, and then I'd be way earlier. And I was like, no, I want to keep going. Sure. Were you around? Were there a lot of RV parks? Once you did stop, was it relatively easy to find one off the freeway? Yes. Okay. It good. was relatively easy. It wasn't super hard. I noticed that what I learned was there are a lot around. Um, you don't always know what you're getting. And right. that's interesting. Like one that I stayed at. I think this was in Tennessee was really sketchy. Um, it wasn't nice at all. And I really had to bring forth like my trust Yeah. and I got there pretty late. And then the guy, you know, is on the phone and he's like, you're fine, hun, just come in. I don't know where I'm going. He tells me where to go. And then I went to go pay and he was like, Oh, we only take cash. And I was like, ah, okay. Mm. I don't have cash. <clears throat> And he goes, well, let's get in my golf car and I'll take you to go get cash. There was a liquor store, you know, around the corner. And mm-hmm. so I'm like, okay, let's Here it goes. have to do what it takes, you know. <laughs> and so me and my dog get on his golf car and we go and I go to the ATM and I get cash. And I, I thought to myself, all I have to do is sleep here. I'm getting up first thing in the morning and I'm leaving. Right. And that's what ended up happening. But I really just, you know, in those moments, just trusted and prayed because I was like, this is, this was it. This was the option. And, um, it wasn't like the nicest RV. Sometimes I got nice RV spots. Sometimes I didn't. It was definitely a variety. And again, I just brought in like my element of trust Mm -hmm. that, I am highly protected. Good things happen to me and I trust people, you know? And so that's really what allowed me to sleep at night pretty much anywhere. But to answer your question, I would just drive. And when I knew I had to stop in about an hour, I would look for uh, an RV spot. I would call. And if they had an opening, great. I'd book it. If they didn't, They'd some would say, Oh, we're full. Okay, great. I got to move on to the next one. And so I'd have to keep going down the list and then I'd have to drive to get there. And then I'd hook up for the night. I'd eat, I'd sleep. And then first thing in the morning, after I walked my dog, then we, I disassemble, you know, everything and put it back together. And it would take me like 30 minutes in the morning and it would take me like 30 minutes in the evening. To connect my RV. Right. So I just had to stop, sleep, and then keep moving. The whole thing was just keep moving forward. (laughs) Right. Just keep moving. Yeah. Um, Okay. So. It was definitely like a marathon. Like my mind was just like, it was a marathon. And I had to deal with, you know, the vibration of the car. 
was hard after days and days of it, sure, you know, like sure. my body felt sore and I had to just, everything was being addressed in my mind. And I had to think of it like peacefully mm-hmm. and some areas were harder. Like I remember it was like the second day I was getting a little tired and I had to get in. I got into Oklahoma and it was, it was so funny. So I'm getting so you took a su- you took a very a very southern route home. Yes, I took the southern route. I think it was the 40. Right. Okay. Which I've never been on before. I neither have I, but I just I know there's obviously, you know, you could take a northern route or a southern route. I'm sure there's multiple routes, but I've just heard I w- I would think the weather would be more agreeable the southern route, but I could be talking out of my ass. I don't know. <laughs> well, it's funny that you're just about to say that cuz I'm driving and it was like the second day <laughs> and, and all going- of a sudden a hurricane hit. <laughs> Oh, yeah, it did. (laughs) So it was funny, but it wasn't funny. No, 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 I'm sure it wasn't funny then. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So I'm driving in Oklahoma and I'm seeing these like super duper low clouds, like like a sky that I've never seen before. Like from the Wizard of Oz kind of sky (laughs) or this is. And it was so dark and it looked like a line. And I was like, whoa, I've never seen the sky looked like this wow. and I was getting into Oklahoma in the beginning parts of Oklahoma. And no, no or- one's on the street because they're all in their storm cellars. <laughs> I know. Right? Where is everybody? Oh. Look at that sky. Yeah. <laughs> I remember thinking like, I'm seeing the sky. I'm just getting it. And I'm like, Oh, I'm in Oklahoma. And, and like my, my brain was like, Oh, I wonder what it, cause I'm looking at the sky and it kind of triggered a thought. And I was like, well, I've seen movies about these, like, the storms Storm in Oklahoma. Chasers. Yeah. Yeah. And I literally just thought, like, once there was just a, a random thought. I wonder what it'd be like to be in a storm around here. You know, <laughs> like, just just a random thought. No <laughs> big deal. Yeah. And I'm just, like, driving along, like, thinking everything's fine. I have no idea what's about to happen. And so – I'm like, okay, I got to look for, you know, an RV spot. I found one. Luckily, this one that I went to in Oklahoma was really big and really, really nice. Like I pulled in, I was like, oh, wow, this is a nice big one. And it was very um, just put together. They had a nice build. They had all kinds of stuff. Well appointed. Yes. Yeah. And it was near like an army base. And so I, I just felt like, oh, this is good. Okay, cool. I'm at a nice one. I love mm-hmm. it. And so I thought it was fun. I get out of the RV. I'm starting to feel all this wind, all this wind. And I get are out there of other my people, RV. Are there other people already at the RV? Is it relatively well populated? Yeah, it's like half people. There's okay. about like okay. half full. Okay. And so I get out, and by this time, it's nighttime. It's, it's like, got completely dark on okay. me. And I'm like, okay, great. I'm so tired. Like, I've been driving for two, two, two full days. I think this maybe was my third day. And I'm like, oh, I just want, like, a good night's sleep. I'm tired. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad I'm in, like, a nice, good, you know, nice, well-equipped one. I feel pretty, like good where I'm at. Yeah. And so I get out of the car and I'm like, whoa, this is windy. This is really windy. I've never seen so much wind. And I'm like, <laughs> right. okay. 
I'm like, wow. And I think I did like a, a, a like a Facebook story. Who's like, check out the wind, you know? And I'm just. Thinking, I'm from California. We don't know what this is. <laughs> we're so we're so Californian. You know, it's like, look at this stuff falling out of the sky. Is that right? What is that water doing? <laughs> I know. It's so funny. And so I'm just like getting a kick out of it thinking, whoa, this is windy. Okay. And so I go in to register and um, to check in. And then I, the girl's like giving me the instructions on the girl's giving me the instructions on how to strap, how to strap where, your RV to yeah. the ground in case of a tornado. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Almost like, no, but she's telling me where my, you know, space is and how to get there and all that stuff. And then she says, I have to tell you, there is a tornado warning right. that is supposed to hit tonight. Wow. And my face goes like, what? And oh, she what? goes, okay. You're kidding, so right? Here yeah, and I was like, seriously? And she goes, yeah, I'm sorry, hon. And I was like, okay. I'm like, what, Here goes. what does that mean? You know? And she goes, well, we have the places where you, what the bunkers where you can go in for safety, but you can't take your dog in there. What? And she goes, yeah. So she goes, and I, I know you're probably like me. I'm not going to leave my baby. So you can go into the women's restroom stalls and, and just bunker down there. Oh, my God. She goes, because if the sirens go off, then you have to evacuate your RV. And I'm like, oh got my it. Gosh. Okay. <laughs> Siren, <laughs> run. Got it. <laughs> yeah. And my heart like kind of dropped. Sure. And in that, in that moment, it was kind of like that moment. <clears throat> That I had when I locked my keys out of the car and sure. it was raining. And I really, like, there was a part of me that just wanted to cry. Mm. And I was like, fuck, I wish I just wasn't alone. Sure. You know, like, sure. I'm a little concerned. I'm a little scared. And I don't know anyone. Right. You know? And there was that thing that came in again of, like, wanting to be rescued. Yeah. And I got a little jarred. And I also got... <laughs> It sounds silly. I got really frustrated because I'm like, I need to sleep. I was more annoyed that I could get evacuated right. and like I'll have to be in the Can we reschedule this tornado for out. tomorrow night? Can we reschedule yeah. this tornado? That'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> I really need to get my my Z's in and tonight's not good for me. Yeah. 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 And so I was just like processing it and I'm like, okay, what if my mind just kind of recalibrated and was like I didn't cry. I quickly got rid of the conversation that I wish I wasn't alone because I'm like, you're alone and that's just the way it is. And you chose this and not to go like too dark in it, um, but when there's a concern, I think part of the concern is like, again, not to go too dark in it, but I think the reality is like we, our brains do think, what if I die? Of you course. know? And then I'm like, well, I'm going to die alone. Like, I, I do think that. I'm like, no one's dying with me in the exact same time in my body. So, right, like, right. I'm we're like, all I'm dying. We're all dying alone no matter what. Yeah, pretty much. You know, so when I do get scared or confronted, I do think I am in this alone. You know, like, I am my own person. I am my own entity i have my own soul i am in this alone 
you know, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. That is the truth. That is how I have been created. And that is how I'm going to transition out. So you might as well come to terms with that, you know? And so I kind of just got grounded in myself and was like, okay, we'll just deal with the facts. Mm -hmm. The siren could go off around midnight. The storm is um, supposed to hit between midnight and 4 a.m. And if you have to evacuate, then be prepared. So I went into the RV, I ate, and then I packed an emergency bag. And I visualized what would I do? You know, because my biggest concern was if the sirens went off it and how windy it was that at that time, I could barely walk my dog. Like I got hooked up. It was comical. I'm trying to hook up. I don't even think I hooked up the water that night because the wind was so bad. Mm. I mean, it was like I, I whatever. I just hooked up the electricity. I didn't hook up my sewer and I didn't hook up the water because it was too much. And I thought, it's okay. I don't really need to do it every night. I just need electricity. And so I only hooked that up. I did a walk with Sammy just a little bit. He was a bit jarred, my sure. dog Sammy. Sure. He was confused about the wind. He didn't know what was going on. And I was like, let's just get you to the bathroom and go back inside because it was just way too windy. And so when I was visualizing um, what I had to do if it went off, my biggest thing was just understanding where the bathrooms were yep. and being prepared for how heavy the wind could be. Right. And so my boyfriend's like, do you have an umbrella? And I was like, an not going to need it. Not going to need it. Umbrella's going to actually make it harder for me to move. So right. no, not taking an umbrella. And so I just, you know, I did what I had to do. I packed my emergency bag and then I thought, I'm going to let it go. Like nature is going to do what nature does. I have no control of it. I did all the action steps I could think of doing. And throughout the night, the well around midnight is when it got really bad. And my RV felt like I was in this earthquake Hmm. and it was just moving, moving, moving. And it was a constant move for hours. Wow. It was, the sirens never went off, so I didn't have to evacuate. And at some point, I kind of surrendered to the movement because I knew the storm was hitting for like four hours in that area. And I couldn't stay up all night. I'm like, right. I have to get sleep. So I'm going to just pretend I'm in a ride. Right. And I'm going to... Mother Nature's rocking you to sleep. <laughs> gonna... Yeah. I really kind of had to think that way. Because I was like, what would my choice be? Either stay up and be fearful and scared when there's nothing I can do about it. Or I can just create being peaceful with the motion Mm -hmm. and allowing myself to go to sleep because I have to sleep. Like I have to do another full day of driving tomorrow. And so I just surrendered to trust again, pretended I was in a ride and really created in my mind like nothing's wrong you know what? It's moving. It's moving. So what, you know, Mm -hmm. and until the siren thing goes off, I'm going to just relax. Yeah. There's nothing to worry about until there's nothing until there's nothing to worry about until there's something to worry about. Yeah. And that was kind of my whole thing with going home was just like, 
exactly. Like this is stay present, stay in the moment and the, and you're fine. But mm -hmm. first thing in the morning when I woke up, I was out of there and I just <laughs> I yeah, leave, leave Oklahoma in the rearview mirror. Oh my gosh, but it was not that easy. Okay, because I had just gotten into Oklahoma and oh, the storm was got it. occurring the next day. Okay, okay, so the whole next day there was still a storm. It just wasn't as bad. But I thought I have to keep moving forward. I have to get out of this area. Yeah. And it was so funny because I was so excited to get into Oklahoma. And then it was like quickly my feeling of like, I want to get out of Oklahoma. Sure. And then... But I still had hours before I can get out of Oklahoma. Right. So I was like, well, I woke up, I got everything packed. It was super windy and I was on the road. And so I ended up having to drive through Oklahoma for like another six to seven hours in like 29, 22 to 29 mile an hour winds. The whole time. Wow. Like the whole time it was this windy. And you know, when you like, you imagine on your wheel of your steering wheel of the car, you know how you're at like 10 o'clock and two o'clock. Yeah. Okay. So because of the wind, I was at like a 1230, 430. <laughs> right. Like that's where, that's where my hand position had to be. Like my wheel was turned that far to the right that long because the wind was just constant 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 Pushing, and i yeah. never got a break my hands were sore because it was like a tight grip on the wheel i'm towing the car so i had extra weight sure. the wind is coming from one side but then the big trucks are passing me from the other side so I was just really getting kind of bounced around and there was no break. And all I thought was I have to get through, like the only way out was to move forward. Like there, yeah. there was nothing to do. Just keep going, keep going, keep going. It was the most exhausting day. Yeah. It was hard and yeah. it was kind of scary. You know, I'm it was sure. like, I had no break. I had no downtime, you know, it was just like a lot of work just to keep myself on a straight path because if I relaxed a little bit, I was going into the next lane. Right. Sure. Sure. So you're in Oklahoma, which is about halfway ish across the country and you're having a brutal day <laughs> of travel. Uh, do you cross through Texas? Yeah, I finally got, I was never so happy to get into Texas. I'm not like I so, and you could really feel the change in the climate hmm. and I finally got into Texas and I think that's when I found a place to stay. Maybe I made it to New Mexico. I don't remember, but that was a very challenging day. And I finally got out of Oklahoma and then the winds died down. Right. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I did get, to, I did get into Texas that day. Gotcha. So you, you hook up, you have your night off in Texas and then you move on. And what, what was your next stop? Was there anything eventful in texas or did you just move on through new mexico yeah no texas was fine um i love seeing the people change i love seeing the culture change it's so interesting um i moved on to texas nothing that eventful happened there 
I mean, you get a sense of the community and the culture. I didn't really see what I saw was when you asked about like the the culture of people just traveling. Right. I actually saw what what I connect what I saw more of was like older people and like empty nesters that were more like doing this travel after being retired. Right. And I, I was most of the time the only female and most of the time on like a younger age from people. Right. A lot of the people were couples like uh, married couples. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them were like, you know, 25, 30 years older than me. Right. Uh huh. Which was kind of fun because I always liked the idea of doing everything you think of doing. Like, I never think of retirement. To me, that's definitely not a motivating uh, conversation because I've been pretty much self-employed my whole life. I love, I do love having a career. Um, I think I've chosen multiple times having my passion and my career over other things, Mm -hmm. even, even like a romantic relationship. And so for me, that's what drives me. And I never really thought to retire. I don't think ever that I want to retire because to me that feels like, well, what would I do? I'd be bored, you know? And so I always like the idea of whatever dreams you have, do them now. Why would I wait until, you know, 20, 30 years from now? I'm, I just turned 43. And I've always thought this way when I was in my twenties and my thirties, it was like, if I had a dream, if I had a desire, if I had a passion, I'm not going to wait until I retire to do it. I'm going to do it now. Right. If it's desire and if it's a passion and if it's a dream, I want to do it now. Why wait? Yeah. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so then you are in, uh, you get through Texas. Um, what, what's your next stop? Then I went through New Mexico and Arizona and I ended up picking up my mom. Oh, that's right. Along, and that was really, really fun. And she got to experience like being in the RV with me. Yeah. And just, I don't know. She just, was how was she with it how was she was she receptive was she easygoing about it yeah she was excited she was easygoing about it and kind of blown away with uh the fact that i was doing this all by myself and that was kind of i think after all 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 of this travel the biggest takeaway for me would was i can do it by myself you know, right. and really feeling that independence, like doing everything, hooking up the RV, disassembling it. You know, I had to do laundry on the road and just being able to do all of it. And I've been working this whole time. So I didn't really, I had to multitask my work and I've been growing the new business while I'm, I've actually worked more being on the road. Um, and created more and was way more productive Mm. being on the road. And so I, it just expanded 
my yes conversation. Like I realize I don't say no to anything that I might've said no to before. And that that's an amazing space to be in. Sure. It just saying yes. And when you think you can't handle something saying, yes, I can. Mm-hmm. Yes, I can. Yes, I can. Because I had to, I had no choice. You know, and when I thought I can't handle this, it was like, yes, you can. Well, I think that there, I mean, not to disagree, but to disagree, we all have a choice. You literally could have at any moment said, fuck this. (laughs) You could have said, you would, you could have called in a 911 situation to anybody nearby. You could have sold the RV. You could have, you could have thrown in the towel, but you did have a choice. You chose to keep on keeping on. So I don't want, I'm saying that because I don't want you to, you know, to, to deflate what the choices that you did make. Like you did, you said, oh, I didn't have a choice. You did have a choice. You made the choice you made. Yeah. And every day, like, and when I thought I needed a break, I was like, no, you don't. You know, you are powerful. You create energy. You use your energy to keep going and moving forward. And I think think that I accessed a recreation of energy in myself and mm-hmm. in my brain mm-hmm. that I didn't fully access yet. And right. I, I read some, I heard something yesterday about that our brains are way more powerful than our bodies are. So like everything starts in our brain, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And I just kept focusing on, the expansion of what I know is possible for myself. And that is, that was what I got access to through this challenging long road trip was yes, I can. And whenever you think you're at your limit, there's more. Yeah. I mean, I think if you talk to anybody and again, I'm kind of speaking out of school here, but you know, you're talking to anybody who's in the military, for example, anybody who's trained with like either at any level of military, but like an elite level, of military where they push them and they push them further and then they push them further and then they push them even further. You know, and they, these, these men and women who train at that level are continually pushing through what they thought they couldn't push through. And there, there is something to be said about what you took on as in this mission, not to continue this illusion, <laughs> this, this metaphor, but you took on this mission and you kept on pushing through and finding that there was more gas in the tank when you thought you were out. And that's, there's something to be said about how we, and you, you keep on, you keep on talking about, we keep on talking about it, but the ratio, and I don't know the science in this, right. But the ratio of time that you spent consciously choosing to insert thoughts that empowered you on the journey, as opposed to thoughts that disempowered you, I would like to, I would assert that you probably put in a lot more into that tank that was positive and empowering even though some disempowering ones probably crept in and i think that the empowering ones that you kept on asserting into your neuro pathways right was also then firing off chemicals in the body that were giving you adrenaline and and serotonin and as opposed to stress hormones right so there's something about that that empowering thought that starts in the mind that then generates that pharmacy that is our body that gives us either the drugs that we need 
to stay enlivened, right? Like those those serotonins and adrenalines and things like that, as opposed to the the opposite, which are those stress hormones that that drag us down, deplete us of energy, and ultimately kill us. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. again, I'm not doing any, I can't I don't know, I don't know all the science here, but I, I feel like that's what it sounds like you were doing on a conscious level. Yeah, exactly. And I was also bringing forth gratitude and feeling really proud of myself, like feeling so proud of myself that it was like fun and challenging and, you know, hard physically, but I was so proud of myself that my vibration kept staying more, more, more. And I realized I don't need a break. And I kept thinking I need to take a break. But I was like, why do I need to take a break? I don't need to take a break. I could keep going. So I was able to access this higher like power within myself. And I kind of disappeared that conversation that I need a whole day to take a break. I was like, I don't need a day to take a break. I will rejuvenate when I sleep. And then I am ready for more. I am ready for more. That's right. That's right. I mean, it, it, again, you're you're constantly churning up that serotonin, that dopamine, that those endorphins are just kind of doing what they do, as opposed to the the other hormones that are what are going to ultimately. I said this earlier. I think the wrong way, but you don't want necessarily too much adrenaline because that's what can break you down. But cortisol, same thing. So it's like what you're what you're consciously entertaining, what you're consciously triggering with those thoughts is those other more positive, let's say hormones that empower the body that allow you to push further than you thought you could because your mind doesn't get in your way or you use your mind. Let's say, I mean, that's, that's something another part of it too, is I think there's something to be said about how I say this to my kids all the time, but I'm, I just, cause I'm fascinated by it myself, how extraordinarily brilliant the human mind is period. Right. Like without us even doing anything about it, like our body digests our food. I don't think I'm going to digest this food now. It doesn't say I'm going to take some breaths in and out. It doesn't say I'm going to course this blood through my body. It doesn't say I'm going to, I don't say I'm going to pump my heart this many times per minute. I don't have anything to do with that. Right. But the body does it. And I go, girls or dash, you know, my, my children, you guys slice your finger open. Do you think about healing that finger or do you turn around a couple days later and it's healed? I mean, that's how powerful yeah. our body is without us really even participating. Imagine what we could do if we participated. Right? Exactly. <laughs> you know? And that's where I felt like I took on the beautiful, harmonious participation. Right. And when it was when it was days and days and days of this, I knew I had to stay in a very peaceful, trusting place. Yeah. Like I was driving but being peaceful because I didn't want to access too much of my adrenal survival energy because I wasn't in danger. Right. I'm like, I'm fine. Yeah. So let's just chill out and be peaceful. And even in the wind and with that day being very challenging, I knew the best thing I could do to protect my immune system right. and my like energy was to stay calm and stay peaceful. Mm -hmm. So I really did just try to keep my myself in a calm, peaceful, happy place, which I, I was able to do. And then when I finally got we got to Las Vegas, I was able to spend a night at my son's and see him for a night, which was really fun. 
Then the next day we had to keep moving, get home to California. And then I had like a day and a half to get ready for a trip where I flew to Washington, D.C. Oh, my God. And <laughs> you had to yeah. fly all the way back across the country. I know. I, I was, was like, just I here. I can't believe I did that. <laughs> <laughs> what am I doing? I was just so, here. I know. And so I really didn't have downtime, but I was like, it's okay. I just realized like what I love that got diminished, like disappeared is that I don't actually need downtime. Mm -hmm. I could keep going, you know, I can get a good night's sleep and I could keep going. Mm -hmm. And it was so great. I am having so much fun with this new, like confidence that it's allowing me to be way more productive, do way more things, um, and not feel like, well, I get bored a little easier now because now I'm like, well, you're you know, an action, now you're an action junkie. You're like an action junkie. Now you're like, come on, I'm, I need a, I need a, I need a bridge to cross. I need some things to rearrange. I need to plug something into someplace in, in the middle of the night. <laughs> It's true. I'm so used to all this like high level adventure. Problem now. solving. It's, yeah. Yeah, it is true. So I ended up taking a flight and going to Washington, D.C. and then doing a bike tour, which I want to talk about next time. Okay. Because I had an experience with coldness on being on the motorcycle and like I got to do some brain body connection. Um, I've gotten... I had an experience being on the bike in Washington, D.C., and I experienced a coldness that I've never experienced before. Like, my body got too cold. Mm. And then I had to work on connecting that to my brain, my body, heat, like, warming myself up. Mm. It was such a good experience. Mm. It was hard being on the bike and having it be so cold. But again, like another great opportunity to practice the work that I actually love and am now committed to teaching. Yeah. So the bike coldness opportunity I'll talk about next time. Cool. But yeah, I mean, it was like getting home. I had a day and a half to shop, get packed up, and then I took off again, you know, yeah. and kept and just kind of kept the adventure going. And the fact that my immune system has been so strong this whole time, mm -hmm. I have not, I've not gotten sick in years. Wow. And I'm so proud of that because that is a testament to the work that I am now teaching and the mind body connection and how to manage it in yeah. such a way that you can ensure your true, true wellness, you know? So I well, so just you've also that... You've also put your body to a, an unusual test, but in the, in the sense that you kind of said, okay, I can push my body to this level, stress it out to this level with external circumstances, right? And internal circumstances, considering how your brain reacts to it all. But what I also be curious to, maybe we can talk about this on the next one also, is mm -hmm. what do you, you know, I, I think I can probably venture a guess, but are you using supplements? What are you actually eating on these on these trips? Because I can't imagine you get to like, I'm going to go to Whole Foods. I'm going to go to Air One and get some quinoa and some kale. You know, I mean, you're traveling through the country. How are you eating properly? You're making sure you're getting your sleep correct. You're also, 
I think the major part of it, at least from what I'm hearing, is also just how your mind, how you're managing your mind in the whole thing. But yeah. I'd like to talk about that at some point also, because there's an element to it that either you don't really address or you do address and here's why or how. I'd be curious what that is. I definitely want to talk about that because it might not be what people think. Right, I'm exactly. Not, there were days where I was living... I mean, again, my, my conversation to food is now transformed because there were days where I had, not that I'm promoting this, but it is, it is what's possible, you know, and how we work and everything's within balance and moderation. But there were some days where I was living off of protein bars, coffee, and maybe a banana, you know? And I think there's a whole conversation of what fasting is and what, you know, how depleting the body in a conscious way can actually mm-hmm. work. So, yeah, uh, but we can talk about that. And we can talk about that. Yeah, using your energy and understand, I, I'm super connected to my body. So I know when I'm deficient in certain things. I know when I'm dehydrated. I know when I need to take certain things up a notch, down a notch. I very much know where I'm at. And I'd love to have that conversation Great. and also share like how I manage myself, my, my well-being. Water is a huge, huge, the thing that I will never sacrifice is my intake of water of and the importance of peaceful sleep, peaceful sleep, four to five hours of peaceful sleep is way more than, is way more valuable than nine hours of stressful sleep. And right. so we could talk about that. And then the supplement thing, I am sometimes on and off supplements. Happy to share about that. I don't overdo supplements. There are times when I'm on them. There's many, many times where I'm not on them because my body does not need them. I'm not not, um, reliant on supplements. What I'm reliant on is helping my body to be fully functioning on its own. And sometimes you need them, but I definitely don't use them as a replacement of food or good energy source. Because I think that tapping into your, allowing your body to work and not be dependent on supplements is a very interesting and good concept to take on. Sure. So we could talk about that next, next time too. Fantastic. All right. Well, everybody, thanks for listening. And uh, obviously, this road trip across the country back and forth is complete, but the journey will continue, right? So we'll we'll continue this conversation on the next episode. Thank you, Lisa. Thanks, Jordan. Thank you so much for listening. I really hope you enjoyed this podcast. And if you did, please feel free to subscribe to my website at livinglifepurple.com so that you can be notified whenever a new episode or a new educational video is released. You can also leave a comment or rate this podcast so that we can be found by more people who are interested in this type of healing work. I hope by listening to this podcast, you are inspired to go out into the world and share your own positive energy with others because it does matter. I wish you a wonderful day and I hope to see you next time.